Hello, welcome back to my podcast, Our Little Human World. My name is Asta, your host, and today we're going to be talking about sex-selected abortion, its history, and the consequences. Let's get into it without much further ado. It was 1200 BC in China. The oracles were carving the future into bone, predicting what would happen. One engraved the question, will Lady House, childbearing, be lucky? The response was, if the child is born on a ding day, it is lucky. On a gang day, vastly auspicious. However, Lady Howe was going to give birth on neither of these days. Ending wistfully, the text declared, three weeks and one day later, on G.I.N. day, the child was born. Not lucky. It was a girl. 3,000 years later, in communist China, when the one-child policy was enacted, families still believed the birth of a girl to be a misfortune. Boys, especially firstborns, had been considered preferred traditionally because they would inherit the land, last name, and take care of elderly parents. But when the policy was enacted, having a girl became less preferable than it already was. They went to the extent of abandoning and even murdering their babies in hopes of having a boy the next time. Girls were trafficked out of China, put into orphanages, and female fetuses were being killed. Around the same time, in the early 1980s in India, the promotion of a new ultrasonic technology began. Hanging over hospitals and abortion clinics, train stations and on buses was a campaign stating, pay 5,000 now, save 50,000 later. 5,000 referred to the payment of the ultrasound and the abortion, and 50,000 referred to the dowry for a girl's marriage, and after that, girls were being murdered before they were born. This wasn't the first time that the sex ratio was seen in Indian demographics. A skew in the sex ratio was first spotted when the British calculated the population of India in a census, the first being in 1881. What they found was that there were more men than women, which was a surprise. Although the natural sex ratio is 105 boys to 100 girls born, there tend to be more women in the given population because women outlive men. Men die disproportionately due to illness and war. India, along with China, were one of the few countries where this was not true. The British soon discovered that the cause of this was female infanticide. Girls were being killed soon after their birth, especially in current-day Rajasthan and Punjab. The British said, with a very accurate phrase, that they did this for their pride and their purse. The pride referred to the fear that they would not be able to get the right match for their girl, and the purse referred to the fact that if they did, they would not be able to pay the dowry. The British government did try to prevent this when they passed the Act of 1870, declaring it a crime punishable by death or exile for life. Despite that, the murder of baby girls did not stop. The second time that a skewed sex ratio was noticed was in the 1970s, when abortion became legal and sonography clinics began appearing across the country. Demographers saw the sex ratio had actually increased, with many more boys than girls being born. This began in the big cities of the country, like Mumbai, where activists found a large number of middle-class women flocking to ultrasound centers. Due to activism, ultrasound use and sex-selected abortion was banned in 1994. However, even despite the ban, sex-selected abortion has not stopped. Illegal ultrasound and abortion clinics are running in every part of the country, found in congested streets and alleys, where doctors launder large amounts of money aborting girls for families.
It is quite ironic that the womb has become one of the most unsafe places for girls in India. And when the fetus is not killed, the baby is. Not only are women discriminated against in society, females are not given the right to be born. This is due to the idea that females are a social and economical burden. They do not carry the family name, inherit land, nor are they given the same educational and economical opportunities as male counterparts. Although, although illegal, some families also have to pay a dowry when marrying their daughters off. All of these are socially constructed issues because for centuries, humans have decided that males should be the one to inherit land and the last name and not females. We decided that males must perform the funeral rites and earn a living and that females must be married off. In 2015, PM Modi launched the Beti Bachao, Beti Parhao, Save the Daughter, Educate the Daughter scheme to address the skewed sex ratio and change the mindsets of people towards girl children. In the 2000s and early 2010s, the ratio reached as alarmingly high as 111 boys to 100 girls born. Since then, the ratio has gone down to 108 in 2022. The program has also led to the literacy rate of girls to increase from 61% to 71%. Despite the progress made, the government's approach has been far from effective, with nearly 80% of the budget being used for marketing purposes only from 2016 to 2019. States have also used only 25% of the money that they have been given for the program which means that nearly 75% of 6.4 billion rupees have been left unaccounted for. If poor implementation and monitoring continues, along with money being wasted away, this necessary cause will result in failure. This is not something this country wants to see. Due to sex-selected abortion and female infanticide, the UN has calculated that between 2015 and 2020, 45.8 million Indian females are missing, and in China, the number is 72.3 million. In places where there's a large ratio of men to women, crime rates are also higher, as well as more gender-based violence. Men are not able to find wives when they come of age because there simply aren't enough women in such regions. In India, female fetishide is most prevalent in northern states, which is also where there is the lowest literacy rates in the nation. The key solution to this problem and many other issues that women face in this country is education. Rethinking the roles of men and women in society is essential and crucial, and it starts with educating boys and girls to respect and treat each other as equal. It starts at home and in schools and through childhood to bridge the gap between the two sexes. Statistics have shown that higher educated men are less likely to desperately want a son and avert a daughter. Allowing women equal opportunities in the job force can also reduce son preference, and South Korea is exemplary in this aspect. During the 1990s, South Korea had a sex ratio that was higher than India's with 117 boys born for every 100 girls. But then a quick change of mindset occurred. From a dominating son preference before 2003, there is now a female preference, with families wanting more daughters than sons. A South Korean woman with three sons says that now people pity her for her misfortune, where less than a generation ago, she was considered one of the luckiest women. Due to rapid urbanization and industrialization, women were given more educational and economical opportunities 
challenging society to rethink men's position as the main family breadwinner. It is the first Asian country to reverse the sex ratio. The good news is, according to a World Bank report, it is likely that India and China will have their sex ratio back to the natural rate before reaching the economic development stage that South Korea is at. The future is taking us to a better place, but the journey to that destination will require education, money and effort, and most importantly, a change in mindset. Thank you so much for listening to the second episode of Our Little Human World. If you like the content that I am producing, it would help me tremendously if you could rate, follow and share my podcast with others who would like the same content. This is your host, Asta Halalka, signing off.